Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. So today's episode is a little different. It's something new. We have been scheming this for a while now, and we're starting a brand new series here on the podcast. So this was inspired by the fact that I know many of you are in this spot in life where you are getting ready to start a homestead or you're looking at that being a possibility a few years down the road. Now, I love sharing what we have going on our homestead right now, but I know it can be a little bit of a disconnect sometimes because we've been doing this for 12 years. And so if you're just getting started and you're trying to compare where you are now to where someone like myself is, that can feel a little bit confusing and overwhelming. So I was thinking, wouldn't it be awesome if I could have a new homesteader, a beginner homesteader here on the podcast with me? And it just so happened to work out that my very own sister recently purchased 10 acres and lo and behold, she wants to start homesteading. So we are going to begin a brand new series where I will be coaching her step-by-step through the process of taking 10 acres and turning it into the homestead of her dreams. Should be good. Here we go. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the Trailblazers, the mavericks, the makers, the homesteaders, the modern pioneers, and the backyard farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, well, this is the podcast for you. Hey friends, I'm interrupting this episode for just a sec to talk mason jars because obviously they are one of my favorite homesteading tools. Naturally, I use mason jars for canning, but I also love them as a go-to for everyday pantry storage and for holding my DIY cleaning supplies. Recap lids are my secret weapon for converting regular old mason jars into shakers, spray bottles, soap pumps, and even pourable containers. Most recently, I've fallen in love with their straining lids because I just started to make kefir here on the homestead, and these lids are seriously reducing the amount of dishes I have to do each day when I feed my kefir fresh milk. And if you have no idea what kefir is, no worries, I'll be recording a whole episode on it very soon. But anyway, when Mason Jars Maker Place heard how much I love using these lids and strainers, they put together a special kit just for Prairie Homestead listeners in July. Use coupon code HOMESTEAD and take 20% off the already discounted price of this set, which includes three lids total for both regular and wide mouth jars, plus shaker inserts. And of course, you can use them for a whole lot of things beyond just kefir. Use them to make your own salad dressings, lemonade, spice mixes, the sky's the limit. Head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash lid to have a look. Now back to our episode. Are you there, Jen? Hello. Hello. How are you doing tonight? (laughs) I'm doing great. How are you? (laughs) So just so you guys know, Jen and I, our sisters, obviously. We're four years apart. We are best friends, partners in crime since, I don't know, the day you were born, practically. I don't think I liked you very much at first when you were a baby, but I think I got Whatever. I had no choice. You loved me. Yeah. Uh, But we've never done a podcast together before, so we're just dipping our toes in this. Oh, I beg to differ. We had a radio show. Oh, that is true. Yeah. So this is just a 20-year reunion of our variety show. Anywho. So back in the day, we would uh, take old cassette tapes 
And you know how you put the little, what are those little whole tabby things? You would put tape over them. So oh, I don't know. Yeah. Remember? It was like a mm-hmm, super high mm-hmm. pack with masking tape. You could mm-hmm. record over the tape. So we would take these old tapes, put tape over the hole, and then we would record on our old cassette tape player radio shows. Who's your sound guy? Because I still have the tapes, and I'm pretty sure <laughs> you, you know. could flip Kurt, them over. You do some editing for Kurt. Kurt help us, Kurt. <laughs> oh, my word. That was like blackmail material. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this is going to be unscripted as you probably can tell. This is going to be off the cuff, conversational. We're just going to have fun. And I think y'all will get some good stuff, some nuggets out of our conversation. So it'll be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm freaking stoked. Yeah. So Jenna, my people don't really know who you are because I don't know if you've people, ever made it. My people. <laughs> your people don't know you have a sibling. I know. I, I've mentioned it in passing, but okay. You know, you've been off doing your other thing. So kind of give yeah. the, everybody an introduction. Like, give a little backstory. Who are you? I am Jill Winger's sister, which I try to lead with quite often, try to piggyback a little bit off of her fame. It actually works quite well for me. Um, So (laughs) I am in my early 30s. I'm newly married. um, And my past has um, taken a very different path than Jill's. I decided um, to kind of try the... Um, career route of my young, well, like my twenties, early twenties, late twenties. So I worked an office job. I kind of, I climbed a kind of a mini corporate ladder and then at 27 decided my true calling was to become a nurse. So as of May, 2020, I graduated with my bachelor's in nursing and um, my husband, my Chawini and my cat decided that we didn't want to chill slapping at me stop it's a starter kit it's a it's a homestead starter kit Jenna um, and I have different tastes in animals I just I just have to say that go ahead yeah go whatever whatever my animals are freaking awesome <laughs> so my little family and I decided that we no longer wanted to live um where we could um like our arm span could go across our neighbor's fence. Like we could touch one neighbor's house and the other neighbor's house. Um, we lived in a little teensy tiny 785 square foot home um, with a little half of a shop. We shared a shop with our neighbor um, on one of the busiest streets in the town that we were living in at the time. Um, it kind of turned into a high crime area. Um, we found a lot of random people on our front lawn, depending on the day. Always good. Yeah. It was excited. good. I'm a social mm-hmm. person. So I, <laughs> I made some good friends. Um, but yeah, we just got to a point where we knew we were going to relocate to um, a different part of Northern Idaho and said, what do we, if we can be intentional, what do we want the, the next 10 years of our life or more to look like? And we both agreed like, Hey, if we can choose, we're ready for our life to look a lot different than it has. So here we are on 10 acres. And you just got there too, like a a week ago, right? Like this will be, uh, this will be our second weekend here. Yeah. About, about, yeah. I've been at my new job for, I just finished my second week. So, okay. Yeah. It's new. We most, we still have one full bedroom of completely unpacked boxes. So we're flying by the seats of our pants just a smidge. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really impressed that you guys took this plunge because I know you were on this 
what's the word? Press, press. <laughs> what is the word? <laughs> I don't know what the word is. <laughs> Precipice. Is that the word? I don't know. Okay. You have a better Cliff. vocabulary. Let's sure. Word, for sure. Okay. For sure. You're on this. How about fork in the road? That's a much better mental image. Mm. Do you like yes. That? Okay. I like it. I was um, on the fork. <laughs> you were on the fork. <laughs> of, okay. Of deciding if you were going to, you knew you were moving. You knew you had jobs coming up in this different part of Idaho. And you were like, yeah. you told, you called me at one point. You're like, I think we're just going to buy a house in town, a little For house. Sure. In town. And I was like, I support you, but don't do it. Cause I knew that you really date deep down inside. That wasn't what you truly wanted. Yeah. At that point. And, yeah. and, that's, and just to, to pause here for those of you who do live in town, there's nothing wrong with doing your homestead stuff in town. Absolutely not. And there's so much you can do with a small backyard. Like even you, Jenna, like your backyard was pretty small with your first house, but we had, I had talked to you about, okay, we can put a garden here and you can do this and you can do yeah. that. So there's a lot of p- potential, but, um, I'm a really big fan of if your gut is telling you that you're made for more, like to go after it. And that's why I was super proud of you guys that you took that fork in the road where you're like, oh, we found this place with 10 acres. It's a little bit of a stretch for us, but you went for it. Thank you. That's nice to hear. Um, Yeah. And I will, I will say it was, it, it was a harder decision than it should have been because my husband was raised on a farm, loves farms, loves the country. Um, and I, I have lived in a sheep wagon as a ranch hand. Like I know that this is where, what makes my heart happy and where I'm the fullest. Um, but where we are in our life, we had to make the decision of we can have our dream house, like the structure we live in, um, in town surrounded by 200,000 other people, or we can get 10 acres with a decent home. It's not our dream house with the knowledge that we can build and work towards and develop it. Mm -hmm. And there was that moment of us taking a step back and going like, Ooh, dream home. We're not going to have to do really any improvements. It's like turnkey, you know, that's the big buzzword with realtors is turnkey, go in, set up, sit down. And Tyson and I talked about that a lot because we would have saved a little bit of money doing it that way. And we, we started imagining like, okay, after the first two months of living there, what are our lives going to look like? Is that a quality of life we want? And it was like, oh, oh, uh-uh. So it was a scary choice and it was, it was definitely a harder decision than we expected, expected but oh man, worth it. Yeah. It has been so worth it so far. So give us a, cri- a quick description of what you bought because we know it's 10 acres. So it is, give us the bio of your, your future homestead. What is it? Okay. It's, it's interesting. Um, so where we live, it's a hot spot right now. People, I shouldn't use the term hot spot. That's a horrible word in our, in our current climate. It is a popular area for people to move. I swear to God, I don't have COVID. Um, it's a very popular place for people to move. Um, so it's very, um, a lot of people are subdividing their land, like hundreds of people who own hundreds and hundreds of acres are dividing up into five and 10 acres. And where we ended up buying, it's like this big, long strip. So you turn off the road, you go, you go past five acres of pasture, just total pasture. And then you see our little home. It's a manufactured home. That's about 25 years old. Um, and then we have a pretty, like a decent yard 
And then directly behind us is exactly five acres of heavily forested area. So we're like the very jealous. I'm very jealous of your trees. And that's why I mention it. Yes. Just rub it. Often I do. Salt on the wound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's, it's really interesting because like even this week, Tyson and I go out and sit on our, we have a little tiny front porch and we just sit out and look at over the pasture and we realize like we have this whole forest behind us that we haven't even gone and explored. So going back there, hiking around, it's like, it kind of feels like two separate worlds, which is fun. It's variety. It's variety. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, so we were both raised obviously in the same house growing up, but it was <laughs> stating the obvious, but um, it was in town. Like it was on a lot in a neighborhood. So when we bought our homestead, that was the first time I had ever lived on acreage that was my own. And this is the first time you've ever lived on acreage that was your own. And yeah, it's such a crazy feeling, isn't it? That first time you realize it's your land. You know, yeah. And I can, the cerebral part of my brain goes, this is yours. You guys, this belongs to you. You signed the papers. They handed you the, we have all the paperwork. They handed you the keys. Um, but we were out walking the other night and um, my husband said, I know that it's ours, but I keep thinking this is vacation and we're going home to our little house in town. It is the craziest thing when you realize, like you look at your property boundary and it's like, this belongs to me. Do you know what I'm getting at? Did you I feel totally that did. way? Absolutely. It took a long time for it to sink in. It yeah, and it's, a long time. yeah. And it's funny because I haven't had that experience with like just moving into a new house or an apartment. It's like, Oh, mm-hmm. this is my, this is my place. I live here now. Yay. Um, it's surreal. Surreal is yeah. the best word I can choose. Yeah. yeah. When did that change for you? When did it start to become like, oh, this is mine? I'm trying to think. I don't remember like an like a black and white moment where it shifted, but it started that idea of it's too good to be true faded. Just a lot, like, I think maybe a year or two into it. But I mean, I remember the very first weeks of living here. I literally felt like I was floating on a cloud. Like I remember walking down to the barn and it was a disaster. Our place was an absolute disaster, trash and overgrowth and nasty outbuildings. And I would just stand in the barn and I would just like stare at the land and be like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Um, It's crazy. Oh oh yeah. I mean, just to piggyback off of that, I, oh oh man, I, last weekend, it was the first time I was able to kind of like take a deep breath and really start to think about like, this is ours. And it was, it was Saturday night and Tyson was out fixing the corrugated tin roof that had flown off our particle board lean to (laughs) on our Ziggy's shed. Um, Definitely will not be a permanent structure on our property, but it's super useful right now. So we're just making do with everything we have. We're super grateful, but you know, nothing glamorous about it, but I walked, I just walked out into the the back pasture and I'm not an exceptionally emotional person. Jill, please don't comment on that. I'm not an exceptionally emotional person, but I, I was immediately moved to tears and it was this state of gratitude and awe of I, this is my life. Just it's, it's kind of that golden hour. The sun is setting. There's crickets. Um, 
our our next door neighbors have like the whole entire farm animal experience going on. We can hear their goats and sheep going off, and it's just. I hate to steal this term from Brene Brown because I think it has a lot more connotation to it, but it was a, I remember standing there thinking my, I have a whole heart. This is a wholehearted experience. Like Mm -hmm. so much in my soul has been fulfilled in just that moment, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's such a great example of when you follow your gut and you do something that feels uncomfortable and you, but you know, it's the right thing, but it's still uncomfortable. The reward on the other side is so amazing. And your, your body tells you when you're on the right track. Um, oh yes. So much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Like even like we've, like I said, we've been here 12 years the other night, it was golden hour. That's my, the best time of summer. Right. I went For out sure. to our chicken tractor and it was just, the air was soft and the light was beautiful and the kids were quiet in the house and there was no <laughs> screaming. Um, but I just had to stop and I just sat on the edge of the chicken tractor and like, I got like all the hair stood up on the back of my neck and I just got like chills because it just, the feeling just encompassed every part of me, which I know sounds maybe woo woo, but I can't even fully describe it because I knew so much. I was like, I am supposed to be here right now. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I just want every person to experience that. That's why I'm such a fanatic about what I do. Cause I'm like, if not everyone's meant to homestead, but if you are get it, man, go after it. Cause it's such an amazing feeling when you are fulfilling your purpose. And maybe it's not homesteading. Maybe your purpose is something else, but go after it. Well, and I, so many times when we were buying this property, I would go, it doesn't look exactly like Jill's. And I didn't even fully realize I was saying that. And then I, I verbalized it to you kind of unintentionally. And you go, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Do you want what I have? Do you want exactly what I have? And I go, well, no. And you go, does this fit your dream? And it's, it sounds so simplistic, but yes, this, this fulfills my dream. And because I was able to recognize that partially and thanks to you and pursue it, I think that's where that Mad dog. I'm so sorry. That's my that's my chowini. Chowini. That's my chow. Okay. Hey, 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 hey. You're okay. You're okay. Um, I'm so sorry. Okay. Any hoosies. That's where uh, I got so flustered. But yeah, um, just being able to figure out like what's good for me and what brings me joy. And it's been interesting. Some of my friends have been inspired to now purchase a home because I think they've seen the joy it has brought to Tyson and I's life. But they started to try to make it look exactly like his and I's process. And I've had that same conversation with him. Like, is this what you dreamed about your whole life? Is this when you turn inward, the that stirring inside that you know you know what would your greatest hopes and dreams is that what that is and no they I think a lot of times people see that that's what brings us joy and they think that's what they need to do but that being said if you ever think you want to live in the country do it (laughs) do (laughs) it do it I yeah that's my new slogan because man I just I had no idea I had no idea my life would feel this way Mm -hmm. okay so we talked about the, the end, right? It's so fun to talk about 
the beginnings of things because there's excitement and it's fun to talk about the ends because it's like victorious end of journey. But oftentimes we don't talk about the middle and the process. So tell Mm -hmm. us like some, I think some people listening might think, well, okay. So if you're buying land, it's like rainbows and butterflies all the way through. And Mm. it's just like blissful, the whole experience. So Mm. in order to get to this spot where you have confirmation that you were following your gut and like everything feels good, Mm -hmm. there were a few roadblocks along the way, right? Oh, hello. Oh, (laughs) hello. Yes. And you know what? You, so many people don't get to see that. And I, oh, I, and I've said that so many times along the way, when I've worked towards so many goals, I'm like, no one tells you about this part, the ugly part where you think you're losing your mind. Um, you're stressed out. You're not sleeping. You feel like you're going to war every day for your hopes and dreams. And you're wondering if it's really going to be worth it anymore. And do you even really want it? And how much easier would it have been to just buy a townhouse in downtown, you know, or yeah, it tons of roadblocks. And I also have to preface with um, the about starting last year at this time, Tyson and I both had a very intentional conversation of if that's what we want in our future, here are all the sacrifices we have to make now. So we didn't, our vacations didn't look like what are the rest of our friends' vacations looked like. Our grocery budget didn't look like what the rest of our friends' budget looked like. There, and um, dude, I, I don't even think I've bought a, a new piece of clothing in at least two years, you know, just, yeah. And I wouldn't trade that for anything, but there were times, there were times when like I had a special event to go through and I'm going like, I'm kind of embarrassed because my, my clothes look old. I don't know if that's a good example or just, um, lots of, lots of friends and family wanted us to go on all of these crazy trips and vacations with them. And I think there's a time and place for that, but in the interim for that short-term goal, we, we chose, we chose to not, so we could put that money towards saving for a down payment in a home and, mm-hmm. um, not it's uncomfortable for us. And that instant gratification would have been so much fun. And, you know, it's hard on other people because they, there's questions raising like, well, why are you putting all of your eggs in that basket? And, um, and then when you decide to buy a house, oh my gosh, like no one told me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little stressful it's sometimes. A little bit. A little bit. Cause you had like, there was a point where I remember you called me. You're like, we're not getting the house. It's not going to yeah. happen. And I'm Multiple like, times. No. Multiple and times. You were, and you were at peace. Like, cause you were like, if it's not meant to be, you were, you were, that's what I love to emphasize. Cause sometimes people get stuck. Um, they get in paralysis by analysis, right? Where everything has to be perfect or lined up. So that's mm-hmm. one roadblock. And then sometimes uh, they start down this path, but the first time there is a setback, they're like, ah, wasn't meant to be. And I'm mm. like, sometimes that's true, but other times it's almost like a test to see if you have mm. the fortitude to push through it. And so I think you were a really good example of that because I remember when there was one of those instances where the realtor was like, ooh, there's some stuff, this might not work. I felt like you were holding with an open hand. You were like, mm. I, I will do everything I can to make this happen. But if it's not meant to be, I'm not going to force it. And I think that's mm-hmm. really important. Yes, huge. One of the biggest life lessons I've had to learn so many times. It's, it is an art. It never looks how you think it's going to. But yes, that open hand of, I will not throw this away just because things are hard and scary. 
but if it's not supposed to be mine, I'm not going to interfere mm-hmm. with that. And, and also recognizing there was something to be learned from this process of getting to this point. You're, it's never a waste of time. It's never a total loss. There's always something to have been learned. There's that huge temptation too, where I think even my poor realtor was feeling it a little bit like, this is starting to get really hard. This is starting to require a ton of work on everybody's parts. Um, we had a ton of skin in the game of buying this house. And um, man, it, just like a week or two before our close date, everything almost completely fell apart. Um, our, I think I can say this, our appraisal came back $43,000 less than Hold what on. the proper... Say that again, you cut out from it. So you oh, said no. start the part where you said a week before our close date, start that over. Okay. Um, a week before our close date, um, our appraisal was like down to the wire. It was pretty close to when we were going to close and our appraisal came back $43,000 less than what the proper, what the bank felt like the property was worth. Um, and our buyers were awesome to work with, but they couldn't afford to drop the price. And that meant we were going to have to make up $43,000 in cash. And at that point you're kind of going, okay, are we being irresponsible? Are we pursuing this dream too hard? Um, because we, you can't financially ruin yourself for your dream house. Um, and it all worked out. We had some fantastic, uh, loan agents and everything and whatnot, but there was a good two days of just total uncertainty. Half of our belongings were already packed. Our other house was sold and signed on. And my husband and I just got to sit with that uncertainty Mm -hmm. and, um, questioning of like, did we, did we do something wrong? Did we push too hard for this? Do we overlook something? Um, and of course I threw a huge tantrum when it first happened and crying and like, Oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Uh, self-doubt question, question, question. Cause again, I'm not emotional. So not at all. Mm -hmm. all. And then that I'm pretty sure it was after talking to you and some of my other mentors of like, there, this was still an experience. This still taught you that how badly you want to live out of town mm-hmm. and how valuable it is. And, you know, happy ending. We ended up with this place and it was wonderful. But um, yeah, coming to that point, like you said, with the open hand of, okay, like that's, there was still something to be had from this experience. Perhaps Absolutely. I'm rambling, but that's, oh. and I, I feel like um, you kind of have been experiencing some of that too with the home you just purchased. Yeah, for sure. So I've mentioned this a little bit on social media. Some of you have might, might've seen it and I'm going to do another episode where I'm going to dive in deeper, but we just bought a fixer upper house in the little rural town North of us. Um, it was, it was a steal. Like I couldn't not grab it while it was on the market. It needs a lot of work. Um, but we'd had a vision for this town to bring some life into this town for a while. So it was just good. I knew it was right. It felt right. Um, and everything went really smoothly. It was a simple process as far as home buying goes, because like no one was living there and we didn't have to sell our house and it was just easy. Um, oh, it must've been so nice. It was so nice. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I only had to wait like a few hours to hear if this, this seller accepted their offer and like, must... who was, like back and forth. <sighs> but even then, like, we closed on it last week. We got the keys and I had been so excited. And it was like, we were rolling on this ride of the roller coaster. And then 
we got the keys. We went to the house to look at it the first time. And I'm, and everyone's like, are you so excited? And I'm like, no, I feel like I'm going to throw up. <laughs> it's so oh, now I'm Preach. scared. I'm scared. Yeah. Um, but it didn't, I guess I felt the feeling of like, oh my word, what have we done? You know, walking yeah. through the house and the excitement had, was like a little, like a level deeper. And now the anxiety was rising and I'm like, there's a lot of carpet we need to pull. There's a lot of paint. There's a lot of trash. Oh my gosh. Oh. But I felt that before. And I now, it used to freak me out, but I've now come to recognize that little bit of fear when you're diving off the diving board into the deep end. It's like, it's kind of almost a good thing. And there's a difference between the fear of, oh, this is a, a big leap. I'm out of my comfort zone. That's different than the fear of like, you should not do this, Jill. This is a bad idea. And like, when we listen to our body, we know that difference. But I think you mm. felt some of that same weird fear when you first got into your house, even though it was like sort of a fairy tale and it's magical, but there was still that piece, wasn't there? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I want to say, I want to say we got here and we were kind of in blissful ignorance of like that magic, like you and I've been talking mm -hmm. about. And then, um, certain, certain people who definitely don't think this is a desirable lifestyle, um, who were, who, um, could see like, oh, we now have committed to a little bit of a commute and that type of thing mm -hmm. started, started making some comments that started to very slowly erode at Tyson and I, and started to raise doubts of, oh my gosh, we, I am, I'm going to have to drive 30 minutes to get to my job every morning. And that means I have to get up 30 minutes earlier and, oh, oh, and and these were all things we had thought about. These were all things we had prepared for. These are all things we had already agreed that that is a desirable lifestyle for us. But then that, um, I think it's a little bit of tiredness and that finality set in. And I'd say, I don't know, about for 48 hours, it was just that like, oh my gosh, this, like, I, I am very hesitant to say buyer's remorse because I feel like buyer's remorse is looking and saying, oh, I actually paid a lot of money for something that's not worth it. And it wasn't that, but it was questioning myself and questioning those decisions that I had already known were being true to us and true to myself. Um, yeah. And, and really wondering, like, I don't know, I guess it was a little bit of finality and going, well, we can't fix this. What if this was the wrong thing? Mm -hmm. Does stuck. that make stuff? Yeah. I'm stuck. And oh my gosh, it's so unhealthy. Can I just say that it, I, 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 I am prone to that. I'm not judging anybody who struggles with that. I, I struggle with that in so many aspects of my life. That is such an unhealthy thought pattern. But I think it's maybe, but it's, it's normal though, because what am oh, I for sure? One of my favorite, uh, books is called the war of art, not the art of war. That is an entirely different book, <laughs> but it's called the war <laughs> of art by Stephen Pressfield. I like the beginning portions the most. I always tell people the end, the ending half of the book was like, didn't resonate as much with me, but man, there's a couple quotes in there. And one of them, I'm going to totally butcher it. Uh, but he talks about how it's, it's, it's really focused on the act of creation, whether you're an artist or a writer or whatever you do, creation can be in so many ways, but it also applies when you're just doing something new or out of your comfort zone. And he says, um, the amateur feels the fear and expects that it will eventually go away. But the professional knows the fear never goes away, but they do it anyway. And I remind myself of that every time I'm doing something new, like buying a fixer upper or 
investing in an opportunity or doing a new skill that I'm like really bad at. And I'm feel like I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm like, the fear is going to be there, but it's that the professional knows it's there, but they know how to manage it and keep pushing. And it, it eventually blossoms into something beautiful, but it's, it's just a part of the process, I think. I, mm, my soul needed that this evening, um, not because of my, not because of my house, um, but I'm, I'm, I've been in orientation for my job, for my brand new job, my new very first nurse. Everybody, you're a nurse. Is that did you already yeah. say that? Okay. Yeah. I can't remember you weren't listening. That. Sorry. Never listen. <laughs> I never listen to you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but I go for the very first time. I am a, a, a baby nurse, and for the very first time this coming Monday, I go out on the floor for the first time, and I spent my commute this evening really reflecting on. I am scared to death. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a passion. This is what I know I'm supposed to do. And I'm absolutely scared and, and recognizing like, it's okay to yes. be scared. It's a part of the process and the fear never goes away. It's just what I, what I do with it. I mean, huh. yeah, that's something to just, you're going to launch me into a whole like, meditation. I'm just going to have to like go out into my woods tonight and just sit <laughs> with that. Thank you. You're welcome. It's good. It's good. It applies to, yeah. it is, that applies to so much in life. It is. And that's what I love about homesteading or whatever people want to call it. Yeah. It's, it's a self-development thing. Just like anything you do, nurse, going back to school to go to be a nurse or starting a business or whatever. It's really the magic lies in the process of self-development that it takes you on. And that's the journey and that's the magic and the beauty. It's not really the the destination. It's that self-development journey. I love that. And I was thinking tonight, I cannot stress enough how little I know of what I am doing in regards to homesteading. I am not, I I am not my sister. I, I have always appreciated and deeply valued what you do, but your natural inclination, I mean, come on, your, your education has been geared towards what you feed cows. I I don't know. I realized that I was starting to upset some of my neighbors because I kept saying, if you want, you can just let your horses come over and eat all of my grass. But I realized that that wasn't something I should keep pushing on them. I didn't know. Um, I thought I was being friendly. Um, I'm pretty clueless. You cut out, you cut out again. And you said, I thought I was helping my neighbors. So start that thought again. Cause you had a weird oh, cut out. I'm sorry. It's okay. I don't know why it might be your reception. It's okay. Um, I have great reception. Uh, so I kept t- telling my neighbors who have horses. I'm like, I don't have horses yet. So why don't you just bring your horses over and they can eat all of my grass. Well, apparently I have something called red fennel, which we can save for a different phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, which is in certain quantities poisonous to horses. And so all of my neighbors were like, yeah, no, because it's all over my field. And I was like, no, really, it's totally fine. Have your horses come eat my pasture. <laughs> um, and finally they were like, yeah, no, our, our horses will die. And I'm like, oh, I'm clueless, man. I am, I am, I have jumped and I am building my wings on the way down. Yes. Um, and if I think if we had waited for me to, to feel like I had enough knowledge to buy the property and do this, we would have been 50. So yeah, yeah we are, we are really feeling our way along this. 
what's that quote that I also will butcher, but I do not remember the person who said it. Oh, no. But I will someday like, find out. But it says something like, it's a terrible thing in life to wait till you're ready. Oh, yes. So I'm proud of you. Oh, thanks. I'm proud you of you. out of the plane without a parachute. Yeah, because, you know, impulsivity always works out. This wasn't totally impulsive, I swear. Um, but yeah, and if I'm just going to get a little, a little corny, because, you know, I am definitely um, a little more touchy-feely than other members of my family. Who remain whatever. nameless, whatever. whatever. Uh, I don't, I would not have had the guts to do this if I hadn't had this role modeled and you encouraging and um, supportive. I just, I think that's important to note. Like we are, we are not islands. And when this became an idea of like, I mean, either way you were going to coach me, but like just realizing like we were going to, you were going to intentionally take the time to coach me and kind of walk me through this. It just, it's like, wow, that's, that's really fantastic. So thank you. You're welcome. And I think the moral of that story is um, find your people. So if you are, I'm speaking to the the listeners now, if you are wanting to homestead or wanting to can or wanting to sew or whatever you're going to do, you don't have to be moving, find people who will genuinely cheer you on. Not the passive aggressive friends who tolerate your weirdness but secretly think you're crazy like nah, not those ones find the people who are going to be your cheerleader and pick you up when you're discouraged and be excited when you grow your first tomato or you knit your first dish rag or whatever you're doing um i think that's a really important piece is just to have that and it might be online like a lot of my community was online when i started because i didn't have local friends who thought chickens were cool uh, or thought canning, canning tomatoes was awesome. They were like weirdo. So I had to find that online, uh, but just find it somewhere. I think it's, it's a big part of the process. Well, and I, that's bringing up to me another conversation you and I had recently of like, I think so many of us get caught thinking that to build a community, it has to, to has to fit a certain model. The people that, that whoever is just the most convenient and within arm's reach is who, who we're supposed to really super, super, super connect with and um, communities of support and friendships are, can take all shapes and forms and that doesn't change the depth of the connection. So you, how far do you live from me? You live. Is it 1200 miles? feel like it is is that is that no over an estimation no it's so weird because like Idaho she's in Idaho I'm in Wyoming and they the states touch but we're literally at opposite corners of as far yeah it can possibly be in those two states and still be in those two states yeah which that's where we are it's it's bizarre it's mm-hmm. absolutely bizarre and you've lived there you went to Wyoming at 18 I'm four years younger you're like super old now. So like you've been gone a long time. <laughs> I've been gone a long time. A real long time. And but I just have to say, my childhood bedroom is still the same. Mine too. <laughs> I told, um, our mom doesn't listen to the podcast, so we can say whatever we want. <laughs> Maybe she That's does. I don't know. Hi, mom. Um, Hi, mom. But it's super fun. It's like going back into a time machine whenever I go back to mom and dad's because the I... is the same way I left it the day I left for college. I want you to know Tyson and I stayed there two weeks ago when we were waiting to move into this house and Tyson had lots of questions about the horse wallpaper. Um, and also some of the, <laughs> some of the items he found in the bedroom. Um, and I also think you should know, I, I tried to very gingerly release my mom 
our mom from mm-hmm. holding on to that memorabilia. Yes. Especially the, of it. the trundle bed. Do they make trundle beds anymore? Is that a thing? No. That's why she won't get rid of it because oh, okay. they don't make them they anymore. They make them anymore. Yeah. It's like, no. it's, it's for sure an antique. For sure. It is. And um, yeah. Tyson got to sleep on the trundle part. Mm-hmm. And I got to sleep on the other part. And uh, yeah, it's real squeaky. We'll just like, every time he rolled over, the poor kid got no sleep. But it was good. It was a childhood experience I got to share yes. with him. Um, yes. But to bring this conversation full circle, um, you're my people. You are one of my main people. And um, yeah, it's I, <clears throat> I haven't seen you since my wedding, which has now been a year. Mm-hmm. Also would like okay. to rub that in. But yes. that doesn't that doesn't change the connection. Because you have not been to my house in That's a very long time. Beside the point entirely is not what I'm getting at. <laughs> no, but yeah, you can you can have connection. You can live far away, and you can still have that incredible community and relational connection mm-hmm. over Zoom calls. Yes, and whatnot. Yeah. So, but I'm gonna come see you soon. I I am. You better. I am. I yeah, okay. me too. Probably should wrap up because I think my children probably have to go to bed. Soon. Darn those kids. I know. And your dog probably needs some mama time. Okay. Spoiled Don't dog. make me sound crazy. <laughs> Gosh. It's embarrassing. Uh, anyway. So for I think for the next episode in this special series, mm, what do you special. what do you think about talking so you could be prepared? What do you think about talking about kind of your your goals and dreams for this property? Like we could break it down into like what's happening now, what's happening in two years and five years. We can get like a map. Everybody can visualize with you. Yes, please. Because okay. we we have a blank slate. We're feeling a little overwhelmed. So mm-hmm. yes, I think that would be a great. Yes, please. I need you help. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Fabulous. Cool. Um, and for those of you listening, if you have questions or you have an idea of an episode where you think that getting Jenna's and I's perspective would be helpful, um, please send it my way. I would love to include it on our list of ideas. And if you have, you know, your own beginning homestead and you're like, I'm facing this struggle, how would you guys deal with it? Yeah. Shoot it our direction. Cause I think we can absolutely include it. Um, yeah. Jenna, where can people, you don't have a blog. Jenna is not a blogger, but no. can people find you online anywhere if they want to like hang out with you. Yeah. Yes. Like Instagram. <laughs> is that going to, for sure, for sure. <laughs> have you ever given out your Instagram handle? I have a feeling this is not something you've done before. <laughs> I am so not techie. I is am Instagram... on the gram. Okay. Is it public? Probably. We I'll maybe go, should make it I public. I will make it. It will okay. be. It'll be public. And, and here's uh, yeah. my name. Do you give out your name? What do you What's, do? Yes. What's your little, when it says at, little at symbol, what comes out? For after sure. That? Yeah. Jenna, J-E-N-N-A. Lenive, L-E-N-E-V-E, because that's my middle name. Great Aunt Lenive. Great Aunt Lenive. She'll live on forever. Live on forever. Uh, do you, can you change it? Should I change it? Is that like too? No, it's fine. Okay. Unless you want to not... trademark something, like you're going crazy and you're going to be a competitive homestead blogger and try to take me down. I guess you could change it. That is the end game. But we'll Obviously. talk about that next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my lawyer on yeah baby <laughs> um, cool and you have to just promise that you will post some pictures of your homestead because people are going to follow you to see this is how this works people get to know oh, you on podcasts thank you Jill <laughs> and then Talk they to want to like, like your grandma I know. they want to see pictures of 
who you are and what you do. So you have to post those, even of the Tweeny. You can post. I will. Pictures. I will, but I, yeah. I do. I'm going to give a disclaimer. I for sure will. I'm a happy. I'm a very happy sharer. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not a retoucher, and I'm not a. I'm just a realist, and I, yes. I am like a hundred percent pro vulnerability. So I will. It's not going to be all gorgeous, and um, it's not going to. I am just so not an influencer. So yes, I will be sharing pictures, but if you want them to look like wall hanging pictures no. you'll be sorely disappointed here's the cool thing about my people they're really they like real they're i like cool. they're just then cool. i like your so people they will just yeah they'll be all over it they'll be fine. okay cool yeah. then I'll, I'll go take me some pictures yeah go take some pictures okay all right my friends that is the episode for today i hope you enjoyed it if you want us to talk about something specific shoot it over i'd love to cover it And thanks so much for being here. And we will catch up again on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.